I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. This morning we will continue walking our way through Jesus' teaching about the issue of prayer. How should we pray? What does it look like for us to pray well, to understand what prayer is all about? We said as we began this series that There's a number of things Jesus' disciples could have asked him to teach them to do, how to walk on water, how to perform miracles, but the one thing that Jesus' disciples asked was for Jesus to teach them how to pray, to teach them how to commune with their heavenly Father in the way that Jesus, they saw, communed with his heavenly Father So this morning, we will continue walking our way. This is week three of a six-week series, and if you've missed the first couple of weeks, I encourage you just to go online, and you can get those messages and listen to those. They may be very helpful for you to fall asleep at night, and uh, so just encourage you to do that. I do hope they will be a blessing to you. You know, as we look at this passage this morning, I don't know if you've ever daydreamed about what it would be like to actually be in charge. You ever wondered that sometimes? I mean, some of you are like, I'm already in charge, pastor. But I mean that they would say to you, hey, there, you can do whatever you would like to do about whatever area it would be. Now, I know there's a lot of things that we could do. There's one for me that I would love just for a day to be in charge of the DMV. I could fix that place in a day. Just just one thing, I know I could make sure that it got running the way it's supposed to. But it's not that. The one thing that I would change, or at least make important so that everybody, before you got a driver's license, you had to articulate clearly the purpose of a yield sign. I told you I grew up in South Georgia, so I learned to drive in the sticks of South Georgia. We don't go fast and we don't go very far, right? Yield signs are not very prevalent. Here they are, but y'all don't know how they work. In Florida, the mindset is Come upon a yield sign, look and see if somebody is coming beside me, and then cut them off. That's the way it works, isn't it? You're with me. But in fact, the actual opposite of that is what you're supposed to do. That you're supposed to look and see if traffic is coming, and then you're supposed to slow down, maybe even, I know this is hard to hear, maybe even stop and to fall in line behind the vehicle that's in the lane beside you. Now, for some of you, you just lost your mind. You're like, oh, that's what that's for. But I want you to hear me this morning. When we come to the issue of prayer, sometimes we approach prayer in the same way that some of us approach the yield sign. We think that God is at work and we need to get in front of God and say, God, here's what I need you to do. God, I need you to follow me. This is what I want. You follow in behind me when in fact, as Jesus is going to lay out for us in the text this morning, 
our response in prayer should be a willingness to fall in behind what God is doing. For us to yield to him. I want us to look at the text this morning to be reminded of Jesus' teaching beginning in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, on the issue of prayer. I will read for us again verses 5 through 15 this morning, and then we'll zoom in, as we've done the last couple of weeks, simply on verse 10. And we'll seek to unpack that together this morning as we think about what it looks like for us as followers of Jesus to pray well. And this is what Jesus says beginning in verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes, that we would be able to see, that you would open our ears, that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of that in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. As we look at the text this morning, I want to remind you of where we've traveled over the last couple of weeks as we've been looking at Jesus' teaching about prayer. We said in the first week, uh, we focused in on the posture of prayer. How do we approach the Lord? How do we approach Him rightly as we come to Him in prayer? How do we not approach Him in prayer? And we saw that Jesus in the first verses that we read is dialed in on how we should approach the Father and how we should not approach the Father. He was looking at two groups. One, the religious leaders of the day. The other were the pagans. And he says, they don't understand what prayer is all about. Prayer is not a performance. You don't have to try to get God's attention. That's not what it is at all. In fact, prayer is private communion with our Heavenly Father. And so we come to the Lord privately in prayer, in a relationship, desiring to commune with Him. But not only that, He said the pagans misunderstood this idea of prayer because they thought that for their many words, like there was this magic formula that if they said these words in the right way, that God would somehow hear them. And He says that's not it at all. In fact, God already knows what we need before we come to Him in prayer. And then Jesus, beginning in verse 9, says, 
So pray like this. Here is a model. Here is the way in which you should pray. He began his prayer with the words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We looked last week at the privilege of prayer. The fact that we come to God, if we're followers of Jesus, on the basis of our relationship with Him because of what Jesus accomplished for us. That we come as a child of God when we come to Him in prayer. So to say our Father is really, truly our identity in God because of what Christ has done for us. And then not only that, but we come to Him recognizing that as we pray to him as our father, we are also communicating to the God of the universe, the God who spoke all of creation into existence. So we don't come lightly into his presence. We come as his child, but recognizing who he truly is. And we come with a heart to worship him, to hallow his name to lift his name high. And then as we zoom in this morning on verse 10, I want you to notice that still at no point and through verse 10, nothing about us comes into play in prayer. I want you to think about that just in your own prayer life. What do your prayers typically look like? Is it primarily thinking, okay, God, here's what I need you to do for me. Okay, God, I look and I see you primarily as a cosmic vending machine, and if I press A16, I get what I want, and I get it and keep moving forward until I need something else, and then I come to you. I want you to notice that for Jesus, as he's teaching his disciples and us how to pray, that in the first part, verse 9 and in verse 10, it is totally focused on him. Totally focused on the Lord, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This morning, as we look at the text, I'd encourage you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together, and then we will work phrase by phrase through verse 10 together. But it's this truth. In prayer, we have the incredible opportunity to consciously choose to yield ourselves to God. To consciously choose as we come to him in prayer, not to be primarily focused on what can we get from God, but to be willing to yield ourselves to him. Jesus is going to give us what that actually looks like, beginning in verse 10 with this first phrase, your kingdom come. I want you to notice first that Jesus says that we yield to God's rule as we come to him in prayer. We yield to his rule. We look and recognize that he is in charge, that this is his kingdom that we live in. Now here's the thing. What that means for us 
is that instead of coming to God thinking that we are the ones who have to take charge, that we are the ones who are actually the focus of prayer, it's recognizing and understanding that prayer is an opportunity for us to yield to him. That we come to the Lord recognizing his ultimate rule and reign and we willingly submit ourselves to that. You know, as we look at the text this morning, we are reminded that this impacts us in several different ways. First, it impacts us personally. That when we come to God in prayer, it is a very personal declaration as Jesus gives us here that we are willing to yield ourselves to God. I don't know if you ever remember playing as a kid the game Simon Says. I never wanted to not be Simon, right? Why? I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to be able to tell people, here's what you're going to do right? Be able to say, Simon says, jump on one foot. And then be able to trick them, right? You love that? Be able to come in with that next phrase, they don't know about it. But for all of us, we want to be in charge. We want to rule our own lives. And we live in a culture that says, you are the captain of your own ship. You are the ruler of your life. But for Jesus teaching us how to pray, that's not the case. We recognize ultimately that we come under, as followers of Jesus, the rule and reign of God. Now let's think about that personally in our own lives. We come to God in prayer personally. What we're communicating is we recognize that you are in charge. We recognize that you rule and you reign. We are submitting ourselves to you. Now we see that play out throughout Scripture ultimately in trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation. It is a recognition and a declaration that we can't save ourselves from our sin. It's a recognition that the only way that we can be brought into a right relationship with God is through His Son, Jesus Christ, His life, death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus did what you and I could not do. And he makes it possible for us submitting to his rule and reign in our lives. Makes it possible for us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. You may have come in this morning and for you, you've never taken that step. So when we talk about submitting to the rule and reign of God, as we think about prayer, the reality for you is that is the step that you need to take this morning. That you need to recognize, Scripture paints a very clear picture that for every single one of us in our sins, separated from Jesus Christ, that we are deserving of God's wrath, God's punishment for our sin. That we are in fact enemies of God, that we have staked our lives on it is all about me. But the recognition that if we're going to come and approach God in prayer, it must first begin on the basis of a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And so for you this morning, that may be the step that you need to take. The first prayer that you pray that is heard by the Lord is a prayer of repentance and acceptance of the salvation that Jesus Christ makes available for you. 
But then I want us to think about that personally in our lives as believers. What does it look like for us to yield ultimately to God's rule and reign in our lives? Well, here's the thing. When we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, our declaration from that point forward is that He is Lord of our lives. Which means there is not a square inch of your life that Jesus looks at and says, I'm not interested in that. That every square inch of your life, Jesus looks at it and says, that's mine. I rule that. And when we come to the Lord in prayer, we're communicating a realization and an understanding Jesus lays out for us that we are submitting ultimately to God's rule and to God's reign. You know, as we look throughout Scripture, especially in the book of Matthew and chapter 5, 6, and 7, we see Jesus lay out for us what it looks like for His kingdom to come, what it looks like for His rule to happen. We see it on display that he is primarily focused in on our hearts. You know, the truth is we can pretend with the outward actions of our lives as if we are walking in relationship with Jesus Christ. And the truth is that very well may not be the case. That for us, every single one of us has to realize and understand that God's primary focus is our heart. Jesus lays that out in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 for us, that his focus is our heart. So let me ask this question. What aspect of your life can you look at and honestly say before the Lord right now, I've not invited Jesus to rule that area of my life? Is it your marriage relationship? Is it raising your kids? Is it your work life? What is the area of your life that you've kind of held back and said, no, I don't think you can have that? Well, Jesus lays out for us here this recognition and understanding that we personally yield to God's rule and to God's reign. Your kingdom come. Isn't it amazing for us that we would love to see God's kingdom come in this world around us that we live in? But the question is, would we love to see it happen in our hearts? Because that's where it begins first. It's his rule and his reign in our hearts. It begins personally, but it extends corporately as well. So think about that in relation to our church family. What does it look like for us to pray like this? To pray, God, your kingdom come. To be willing to submit ourselves gathered as the body of Christ here at North River Church to the rule and reign of Jesus in this place. If you've been to our new members class, you know that this is something I talk about in that class. Who's the boss at North River Church? It's not me. It's Jesus. He rules his church. He laid his life down for his church. So practically speaking, what does it look like for us to yield to him? It looks like us, without compromise, being willing to stand on the truth of his word that he's given us. 
But hear me, in a culture that is often hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ, often hostile to the truth of God's word, that we publicly declare your kingdom come, you rule in this body of believers. It's your authority that we are willing to submit to your word that guides our path. It's the reason that as we gather every single week, church family, I've said to you, we're going to open God's word and we're going to study God's word. We're going to unpack God's word and seek to apply God's word. Well, why do we do that? Because my desire as your pastor is for his kingdom to come. In our lives personally and in this church family corporately, that we would be united under the truth of our desire, our heartbeat for his kingdom to come. But then, what does it look like culturally? What does it look like for us as followers of Jesus to pray, God, your kingdom come in light of this cultural moment that we find ourselves What does it look like for us to recognize and understand that Jesus' coming inaugurated the coming of his kingdom, but we've not yet fully realized it yet? We've seen glimpses of it, and Jesus throughout his earthly ministry gave gave us glimpses of what it's going to be like ultimately one day when the kingdom of God comes in its fullness and its power. When Jesus, who came as a baby in a manger, humbled, comes as the conquering king, as Revelation reminds us, that day is coming. But in the moment, right now, where we find ourselves, as we approach God in prayer, how do we yield ourselves to his reign now? I think one of the things that we need to be reminded of is that for every single one of us as followers of Jesus, God has called each of us to serve as his ambassadors on this earth. And that he has given us a mission to make the gospel of Jesus Christ known both here and around the world. In this cultural moment in which we live, where it is dark and where we look around and we wonder what's going to happen, what we claim and what we are reminded of is the realization that God has put us here for this moment. That God has called each one of us personally in our own lives to submit to his rule and his reign corporately as a body of believers called North River Church to submit to his rule and his reign and then to be his ambassadors in a dark world to be salt and to be light to be people who are pointing others to the hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ For us, every single one of us as a follower of Jesus has the potential and the opportunity as we pray this prayer, your kingdom come to recognize in this moment that we have a part to play in what God is doing in this world. 
And here's what we are reminded of, that history is heading in one direction. History is heading in the direction of God's ultimate rule and reign, the kingdom of God coming in full force. And us reigning with him. Your kingdom come. We yield to God's rule in prayer. But not only that, I want you to notice the second part. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not only do we yield to God's rule in prayer, but we also yield to his plan. You know, as we yield to his rule, we recognize it's kind of a big picture understanding of the fact that God is in charge. He is in control, that he is at work. But let's think about that personally, his plan unfolding in this world. And then how that impacts our lives individually. What does it look like for us as we approach God in prayer? Not only to say, your kingdom come, we're willing to submit to your rule, but we're also willing to submit to your will, your plan, your purpose in this world. Because here's where it gets tough. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, but there are moments for me where sometimes I tend to think, well, maybe God needs my help. Like he's not doing it the way I would do it. He's not working the way in which I would work. And it's like I'm driving the car and I'm at the yield sign and God's like, here we go. And I'm like, mm, nope, I'm getting in front. Here's where we need to go. But I want you to notice that what Jesus says here is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For us as followers of Jesus, the opportunity we have to be willing to yield to God's plan and purpose for our lives individually I'm sure every single one of you has experienced what I've experienced, and that is not being able in the moment to see what God's doing. In my life personally, things happening and not really knowing, how's that going to work? Like, why is God not doing what I think he should do? Why is God not answering the prayer that I'm praying that's about this situation? But then years down the road, being able to look back and to go, oh, I see it now. I've got the opportunity with some perspective to look back and to recognize and to understand the amazing thing. God knows what he's doing after all. That God's plan is unfolding. And the question before us is, are we willing to submit, to yield to that plan that he has for our lives personally? Are we willing to put ourselves on the back burner and allow him to lead us as we seek to be a part of what he's doing in the world? See, here's the thing. God doesn't need any of us. You say, I'm not sure I believe that. The scripture reminds us of this important truth. 
that if people don't cry out in worship to the Lord, that the rocks will. The rocks. You say, I, I think I'm pretty important. We can get a rock to do your job. Of worshiping the Lord. But here's the beautiful thing. God invites us to be a part of it. God invites us to be a part of his plan as it unfolds in this world, redemption history, on the very stage of our lives to see what God is up to and for us to be willing to yield to what he's doing. That means even in the difficult season where our prayer oftentimes is, God, get me out of this that we would be willing to yield to God walk with me through this. We're willing to yield to his plan in our lives personally, but let's think about that corporately. If you had sat down 11 years ago with the group of people that left West Bradenton Baptist Church and came to this area and said, we feel like God's called us to start a new church in this community. I don't know that any of them, if you had had them to draw it out, would have ever envisioned this. Would have ever envisioned what God has done over the last 11 years according to his plan and his purpose. But here's the thing, church. We have the ability right now to be willing to yield to what God's plan and purpose is moving forward from this moment. I don't believe God's done with the North River Church. I believe God has more in store for this body of believers in this community in which he's called us to serve and to live in and to share his hope in. And the question as we pray, are we willing to yield to that? And then as we look at this culture in which we live, as oftentimes we see the darkness around us, oftentimes we look and we wonder, is it ever going to get any better? Sometimes we look and we wonder, is God even at work in what we see taking place around us that we are willing to recognize and understand? Even if we can't see it with our own eyes, we know for certain that God's redemption plan is unfolding in front of us that right now God is at work in your neighbors and in your coworkers' lives when you may not even be able to see it. That God is at work in your children's lives even though you may not be able to see it. That God is at work in your marriage even though you may not be able to see it. That God is at work in this world in which we live even though we may not be able to see it. We look in this country and we think things are dark. And they are. But then we're reminded that God's plan and his purpose will not be hindered. Jesus said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Throughout this world in which we live, there are people continuing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are men and women and boys and girls continuing to trust Jesus as their savior and impact this world in which we live. As dark as it may seem, 
God's plan of redemption history is unfolding before our eyes. May we be willing, as Jesus gives us here, to submit, to yield to God's plan unfolding before us. And that we, every single day, would have the desire, the heartbeat, for it to be done on earth as it is in heaven. May that be our prayer. May we participate in what God is doing around us, yielding ourselves to his plan and to his purpose. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Our worship team will make their way back up. You may have come in today and for you, you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And let's be honest, you may have played the game really, really well. But the truth is, you've never yielded your life to Him. You've never received forgiveness that His life, death, and resurrection makes possible for you. And this morning, that's the step that you need to take. That consequential moment in your life where you choose to no longer be in charge, but to yield to the truth of who Jesus Christ is and to receive what his death and his resurrection provides for you, eternal life. That's a step that you need to take. We'd love to help you take that step. You can do that simply in a prayer right now between you and the Lord. Or you simply admit that you're a sinner, that you know you need a Savior, that you believe Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, came to this earth, took your sin upon himself on the cross and paid the debt that you owed, and that he rose from the grave, securing salvation for you. And you confess this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. I'd encourage you to take that step today if you've never done that. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I simply want to ask that question that I asked earlier. What is that area of your life right now that has been off limits? Where you could honestly say, I've not yielded that to Jesus. You have an opportunity this morning to do just that. Maybe you've thought as well this morning as we gather that prayer has primarily been about getting God to do what you want him to do. And yet today you recognize and understand that you need to yield to him. Yield to his rule and his reign. Yield to his will, his plan, his purpose unfolding. 
this is an opportunity for you to do just that. Lord, we ask right now that you would work in our hearts and our lives through your word as you already have through your spirit who convicts us of sin and reminds us of the truth of your word, who searches our hearts. Lord, help us this morning to be willing to take the step that you've called us to take. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand, if you will. Our altar is open. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to spend some time on your knees before the Lord. You need to talk with one of the pastors. We'll be down front as well. But you respond as the Lord leads.